0: PulxCast is written and produced by students at SUNY New Paltz. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of SUNY New Paltz.
1: Welcome to PulxCast, an original student-produced podcast from the campus of SUNY New Paltz.
0: This is season three. Covering everything from self-discovery to nostalgia to crazy hypotheticals. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy creating. Subscribe for new episodes and topics every semester.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Paul's Cast. My name is Brian. My name is Carlos.
3: And my name is JK.
2: And today you're listening to the hauntings of Ulster County. <laughs>
3: The lack of knowledge about ghosts and spirits has led us astray to what they really are. This has caught the imagination of people from every walk of life. It definitely has sparked my interest over the years. In my opinion, one reason could be that they have unfinished business, or they are looking for something that is missing, or maybe that they still need their story to be told. Today, we will be visiting
2: Elting Library right on the corner of Main Street and Route 32 in New Paltz. We will get the chance to speak with Margaret Stan, who is the Collections Manager for the Havilland Heidgerd Historical Collection. She was kind enough to give us some of her time to tell us about the paranormal activity in the library.
0: My name is Margaret Stan. I am the Collections Manager for the Haviland Heidgerd Historical Collection, and I'm also the library's social media coordinator. The library came into being on <laughs> April 1st, 1909. We like to joke about that. It actually started off down the road in the building that now houses Gourmet Pizza. Um, it was a one-room library. It was started by the study club, a group of women, uh, New Paltz. And by 1919 or so, they realized that they had outgrown that space and they needed somewhere bigger. And the last person to live in this stone building here as a resident passed away in 1919, Fiora Hasbrook. And Lynette, Lynetta Elting Du Bois, who was part of the study club, realized it was a great opportunity for the library. And she reached out to her cousin Philip Elting in Chicago and said, will you donate the money to purchase this property? And we actually have the telegram in the collection. It's up on our website. So we purchased this building from him for $1 in 1920. And we were open to the public in October of that year. And we've been there here ever since. Really, the only thing we have is that there's one video. and. I'll just come out and say that I kind of take an agnostic view on the paranormal. Like I'm not saying I know everything, but also have I seen something that really to me proves that ghosts are real. Eh. But the video is actually still up on YouTube. Um, It's in, if you go into the old stone building, there's this middle hallway with stairs going up and you kind of see this blurry blob kind of drop down across the screen, move across, and then back up. And a colleague of ours who unfortunately passed away last year firmly to- believed that was a ghost and he had we had caught a ghost on camera. We do know that at least on record that we can find. Uh, Carol did the research when we saw this blur. That We do know at least two people, because it was a residence, at least two people died in that building. But if you're linking someone dying in an old building to it having ghosts. Everything would be haunted. I don't know everything in this world. But having worked here, I spent most of my life it's, on Huguenot Street, the historic site. Whether as a camper, working there, volunteering there. I've done haunted with them for a number of years. And at first I used to be like petrified that I was going to turn a corner and there was going to just be a ghost standing there. Um, and as I've gotten older, I've kind of take this thought of not only are like humans trained to like be ready, fight or flight when we're in the dark, but also I think through a lot of the media we consume, it teaches us to be, to be scared that something's behind us. Because that's what happens in all these movies, right? You're, you know, you're walking down the hallway and all of a sudden, you know, grotesque face appears behind you. So I think there's an element of that. Um, and actually doing Haunted again, indoors for the first time in two years, I really got to say, you walk into the houses and you feel, I don't feel the presence of spirits. This is gonna sound so dweeby. Um, (laughs) You feel the presence of history. You know that things have happened there. You know that people have lived entire lives there. And I think we feel that, and some people interpret that as there's a spirit, there's something paranormal happening. And for myself, I interpret that as, I know that this place has a history. I know that there were people who lived here and lived their whole lives and had families and children. So we actually did have two paranormal investigative teams come. Uh, We couldn't recall the name of uh, the second one, but we do know Poughkeepsie Paranormal came in 2011. Sat in there. I have the recordings of them asking it questions. um, And the results from both of those were inconclusive.
2: Mary actually gave us an actual copy of a recording from Poughkeepsie Paranormal. Let's take a listen.
0: How many are here with me today?
1: I just heard a thump over here.
0: Yeah, I am. Come on over and sit in the chair by me. Um, I think they think they heard responses, or they said, oh, there was a thump. Did you move? And could that be a ghost? Yes, but it's also a 200-year-old house. It creaks, it moves. I live in a 50-year-old house. It creaks, it moves.
2: It's worth noting at the time of the recording, we were unaware of any background noises, but our editor stated that there were strange noises picked up during the interview.
0: I I haven't experienced or seen anything. I know people who used to work there or who do believe that they have seen or experienced something, but growing up on the street and being in out of those houses, I haven't seen her. My thing, again, and it's that it could be real, it could not be real. So sometimes I go into the Deo house and I say hi to Gertrude. Gertrude's apparently the ghost. And I'm like, you know what? If she is there, I'm being nice and polite. If she's not, this is just a funny joke on me. Um, And from all the stories that I have heard, none of the ghosts on Huguenot Street are malevolent. They're not coming to get you. They're not going to try to enter your soul and possess you. I think it goes back to that the crossover between me feeling like historic houses, and even just houses, have a history to them. If If there are ghosts on Huguenot Street and there are ghosts here, I think a large amount of it would just be, this was my home, this was my life, please just give me some respect. And that's the most you can do, you know? And respect them as, what do you respect them as a ghost or you respect that they were a human being.
2: Well, that was a really good interview that we got there from Margaret. She gave us plenty of information about, you know, the historical as- aspect of the library as well as the, you know, so-called paranormal.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: How did you like, how did you guys feel like being in that place? Did you feel a little bit eerie? Were you just curious or? Good. You felt good while you were in there?
3: I felt good.
1: Were you scared at all?
3: I'm not scared. Not
1: scared? All right. Do you guys believe in ghosts? I do. 100% I do. I do as well. I do too. I think the fact that I couldn't make it to the library session, I wasn't completely disappointed because I'm like, damn, what if there's something out there?
2: I felt pretty fine on, you know, the original walking in. It was, you know, the standard, you know, just get that old book smell. You know, everything's very quiet, very, you know, just light in the air. But then the minute she took us over to the, uh, the original corner where yeah. they, they filmed and got the uh, quote-unquote ghost on camera or the spirit or essence or whatever they wanted to call it, it just felt a little bit different in that room. And what I mean by that is that it just felt heavier. Heavier. Like, it's it's very cold in New Paltz right now, you know, especially when you walk into the older buildings. Yeah. You know, you always kind of get that temperature change or, you know, you feel that the air is lighter or, you know, heavier, mm-hmm. but... You could definitely just feel that there was something different when, you know, you would walk into that room and Margaret talked about it a little bit, that it may not be so much, you know, a ghost or a spirit or essence that you're feeling, but you're you're feeling the history. You're feeling, you know, the past come alive as you step into that room because everything is, you know, pretty much original besides the new shelves and books that they have in mm-hmm. there. You know, even she said like that was originally a house. You know, people yeah. people lived in there.
1: People also died in there. Exactly. Yeah, I think her analogy of, you know, taking up these experiences as history, you know, like she Mm -hmm. just calls it history, I think, was a very interesting one. And the fact that in the interview, she basically said after working there, her Mm -hmm. mind is, she's Mm -hmm. much more open-minded to what there is. And I think that says a lot just because, you know, like I'm a believer in ghosts, but I'm also a skeptic. And the fact that someone who, Came into the library with one mindset and left another one. It's just, it's not scary, but it's very like, you know, you're like, wow, like, (laughs) like I believe in it, but like other people do too, and you know. So then let me ask you this: what What would you, you say you believe, but you're
2: also a skeptic. So what What makes you skeptical?
1: I like to believe there's like an afterlife. You know, like I think that aspect of like just religion plays into it. You know, I believe like I think I'm not too religious, but from what I remember in church school, days, you know, they just talk about the afterlife and, mm-hmm. you know, your loved ones look after you and stuff like that. Heaven but, and hell. Exactly. But I also believe if there's a good, there's a bad. And the fact that there is something bad out there, <laughs> it's a little scary, you know? Yeah. So like, I try not to like put a lot of faith into that, but the fact that, you know, there could be ghosts just watching you, freaks you out a little bit. So that's where I'm a skeptic.
2: What about you, JK? Do you believe?
3: I believe, which is um, my granny in heaven, from Highland Mills, Granny is now in heaven. Okay. She is now a ghost.
1: Do you believe that you will see her again one day?
3: I believe that I see her again someday.
1: In, in the interview, Margaret mentioned that I, I believe this paranormal show, you know, even came to the library and had yeah. a whole segment on there. And I think, you know, there is a rich history and I, and it just brings me back to like freshman year. You know, like I lived in the shangle dorm, which is like not the nicest out of all the <laughs> dorms. It's the oldest one here. Yeah. And on move-in day, I was pretty disappointed seeing my dorm. I was like, Yeah. Wait, are you allowed to curse? We'll believe it. Okay. But, um, yeah, and then I remember, like, just walking in, and I got a creepy vibe from it. And Cre-
2: creepy in the sense of, like, you felt like there was something there, or creepy just in the sense of just because it was so old, you were like, damn, I can't believe I just got put in, like, the oldest building on New Paltz, you know?
1: Yeah, creepy as an old. I'm like, there's, there's definitely some history in this building. My friends and I decide to take a group nap, you know? (laughs) So everyone sleeps in their own bed. We're all just like hanging out. We have three beds in my room. We're all sleeping. You know, we're getting prepared. We're like, you know, we're going to have like, we're going to go out later, but let's just take a nap. It's like five o'clock at night. We go to sleep. I'd say around six o'clock. I feel like a hard push on my shoulder. And I think it's a friend of mine trying to wake me up or mess with me while I'm sleeping. And I'm just like ignoring it until I get jolted to the bar because I live in a bunk bed. Mm. And there's a bar. Yeah, they, they give you that thing so you don't fall off. Exactly. And I get jolted and I get like, sort of like thrown into this bar, like <laughs> really aggressively. I'm upset, so I turn around. I'm like, you yeah, know, what the hell's going on? And no one's there. And I'm like, that's really fucking freaky, man. My, my friends wake up like, what happened? What happened? And I'm just there like trying to think what happened. And I get a phone call from my mom. And she's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, she's just checking up on me. And we're just talking and she's like, hey, really weird question, but do you have a girl with you? And I'm like laughing. I'm like, what? She's like, I hear a voice like, like I, in the, I, the back of her head, in the background. Oh, and,
2: and like on the phone. Yeah, on talking? the
1: phone. She's like, I hear a girl voice. Like, she's like, oh, tell her, like, you know, you're talking to your mother. And
2: Meanwhile, you're alone. I'm alone. You're, you're, I'm you're in alone. my bed. I just woke
1: <laughs> up from being jolted onto the bar, and I'm like, I'm like, no, that's so weird. And then fast forward to a few days later, my friends who lived upstairs, they say they they've been seeing this creepy girl, like a little girl, walking in the hallways at night. And it gets to a point where they, you know, like they're like scared they're seeing this, and like it's been happening for multiple days. So they go to the RA, they tell the RA, "Hey, we're seeing this girl," and the RA is just sort of like she's like taken back, and she's like, "You know, a couple of residents told me that too," and I ignore them because like you don't want to believe that like just yeah, a young girls Yeah, young girls running
2: around the dorm just causing havoc. Yeah, and
1: now she's saying that there's multiple reports of people seeing this little girl walking around the hallways
2: i don't know man and you know what's freaky three in the morning i'm telling you bro Devils. yo it's the girls from the shining
1: <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the
2: sisters from the elevator bro,
1: that f- can scare me man because i'm like bro i got jolted my mom heard a little girl voice on the on the phone oh my god you know yeah no and, that's and for the rest uh, of the year no, we no. would we would like have like unexplainable stories you know
2: yeah no they they've always said that shango was kind of like the weirdest dorm yeah to live in on campus i don't know it's just like But see, like, that's, to me, like, that also goes back to that subliminal, like, just in the back of your head, you're adding that little bit of information, which is just what makes it a little bit scarier, you know what I mean? Like, knowing that, that, like, those two buildings are some of the oldest on campus, Mm -hmm. that how many different generations of students have, you know, lived and stayed in those dorms, Live, you know, lived, died, you
1: know, maybe people are very spiritual on this campus yeah I know just, I wouldn't be surprised if someone just like I mean dude people do like
2: seances and stuff like yeah you never know like some people probably could have even tried to contact those old, like bro a friend of my mom's is sort of like that she's a medium mm-hmm. so she has that connection you know of the spiritual as well as you know astral and like physical plane um I wouldn't go as far to say she's a witch Yeah. Because she obviously doesn't do that type of, you know, stuff. Like, people do consider themselves as witches. They do seances. They Mm -hmm. do readings. You know, they do cleansings for people. I know, actually, there's a girl, I'm pretty sure, not too far from Huguenot Street, that she does the same thing. She does tarot readings. She kind of does, like, cleansings for people. Yeah, I think there's, like, a sign outside. Somewhere around the corner from Huguenot Street. But, yeah, no, she just, she always gets that, like, going back to my mom's friend, she always just gets that feeling. You know what I mean? Like, she has that, just, like, that sense that something is there, and it's trying to reach out and communicate but there's physically not enough to, you know what I mean? Like one of the stories that she told me was like how during one night they were, they were all at bingo and they, you know, she was just like, Oh, give us a, you know, give us a reading, give us a reading of the house, give us a reading. And, you know, so she's like, all right, all right, fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll go on with it. Mm -hmm. You know, five, five minutes goes by. and She's like, it's, it doesn't work. Like, Oh, I take your hand. I swivel your palm and I just look you in the eye and I tell you what I'm, you know, it's not like that. She's like, I just have, like, it just comes to me. Like, it could be 10 minutes from now, it could be two hours from now, but it'll just come to me. Mm-hmm. Five minutes goes by, she goes, I just keep seeing a turtle. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know why, but a turtle just keeps coming to me. I don't know why, it's just like, that's what I just keep seeing. And then another, like, hour later, you know, two hours later go by, my other mom's friend gets a text from my good buddy's younger brother. He had just got into Maryland.
3: And, and their mascot. mascot
2: is the turtles, uh-huh. the fighting turtles. You know, like, so it's, it's so that's weird. That's freaky. It's so weird because it's like, you know, yes, could she have known? that he's applied, obviously she could have told him, but then for her to basically say that an uh-huh. hour before or two hours before he j- he then just got accepted yeah.
1: to the school. I don't know, that's, like, it's just... See, that's the thing. There's so many unexplainable things that happen in life, at least in my own life, and I'm like, there has to be something. Like, There's gotta be some physical evidence. Exactly, like, bro, I'm Mexican. Like, we're so, like, like not spiritual, but like we're very much, like, connected to, like, God. There's, like, something. religious in our own culture. Exactly. You know, I, I grew up believing one thing, I,
2: you hear from everyone else another exactly
1: and then yeah. like it comes to a point where I just experienced it on my own I was a skeptic my whole life until like hit the fan and I was like oh damn like there has to be something out mm-hmm. there you know so now after
2: after that do you, would you kind of then think that the generic people who do believe in ghosts just automatically assimilate creepy with possibly haunted yeah I agree like even though um Even though Margaret, you know, she stated in the interview how, you know, just because something is old and something died there, you know, that doesn't automatically mean that it's haunted because then everything would be haunted today. But I just feel like, you know, with TV shows and the way that they try to project that to, you know, the public and when they try to tell those stories, especially, you know, true stories like The Conjuring, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, I just I I find it a little weird because I I believe in it so heavily. I've always believed in it. There was a story actually that my mom told me when I was a little bit younger about one of my best friend's brothers Mm -hmm. and he passed away, I would say probably around like three years ago now, I would say rounding up three, maybe four. My friend's brother, when he was around, maybe I would say five or six, probably say kindergarten age, very, you know, they always say that kids are very open and susceptible and just, you know, they've experienced different things. And there was one day he was playing in the backyard, just, you know, running around having fun. And out of nowhere, he just stops, stops in his tracks and just looks up in the sky and starts waving. And, you know, my friend's mom asks him, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, you, what, what do you see a plane? Is there something in the sky? And he goes, yeah, I'm saying goodbye to grandpa. Whoa. Not even a half an hour later, my best friend's mother gets a call saying that her father had just passed away.
1: Jesus.
2: So it's like for me to hear that story. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I believe in that a little bit more because, you know, I've, I've heard it enough, but, like, kids don't lie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, innocent. kids they're kids innocent. are so innocent, and they're so direct to the point that, like, yeah. you know, can they be far-fetched with the truth they're and, brutally you know, honest. making it, you know, a little bit more fun? Absolutely. But if you ask them, you know, a straight question, like, you're going to get a straight answer for exactly. the most part. So that's that story really is always stuck in my heart, especially, you know, JK mentioning, you know, relatives being in heaven. You know, I, I hope to see my relatives in heaven one day, but... Mm-hmm. To me, that's at least like, you know, a slight glimpse of proof that, yeah. you know, there, there is a possibility that we will see each other again one day and be, re, you know, reunited. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, there's the opposite end of that where it's, you know, the creep, horror and terror. You know, like I, I used to believe that my house was haunted mm-hmm. for the longest time because it was actually the same, same style as like the library where the original people who used to live in my house, it was built in the 1800s. I, I really do wish that like there was a way it could just be a definitive yes or no yeah you know what i mean like if you could physically just you know have the question answered right in front of you with an actual sign it's you know because it, it really it really does make people you know go back and forth off the am i am i imagining am i dreaming you know am i is this actually real like can yeah. I can i make sense of this is anyone even going to believe me for what i'm saying uh-huh there's like a privacy agreement when you go to heaven <laughs> yeah you got to sign the nda as soon as you <laughs> as soon as you walk through the pearly gates you know, I've I feel that as as you grow up and you start to I don't wanna say it like this, but as you start to break down, as yep. the world starts to break you down and weigh <laughs> you down again, you you lose like how we were talking about earlier, that sense of innocence, that mm-hmm. that pure innocence of just being a child and being open and susceptible to everything and just you know Yeah you anything break. can be everything. And you know, as we get older and we lose sense of that, it's almost purposefully you know, driving that barrier in between like the truth and if it's, you know, us just creating an imaginary figure in our head or just putting, you know, pieces together to make the story so it just so it makes sense to us because we as, you know, humans, everything always has to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, you know, we don't believe it. Yeah, exactly. We don't, you know, we don't classify it as real or even, you know, believe in it. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to Hauntings of Ulster County. And tune into the next episode. Tune into the next episode. I'm Brian.
3: Carlos. And I'm JK.
2: Thanks for listening. Take care. This episode of Paul's Gas was brought to you by SUNY New Pulse's DMJ333 podcasting class.
0: Special thanks to Ed and Gina Carroll for their generous support. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed creating.
1: Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every semester.